Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Skywalk Podcast. This is a new podcast I'm starting up. So, uh, given this is the first episode, we will do some housekeeping, background activities before we get into the deeper things. So, hang in there. It's going to be kind of tedious at the start here, but we're going to have to do all the the groundwork and stuff since this is a new podcast. Um, so to start off, hi, I'm Gavin. Um, you'll prob I'm your host for this podcast. You're probably wondering who this random person is that's talking to you because I haven't given you a breather since this has started. So I'll, I'll get into myself a little bit. I'm an astrophysics major currently in university, and I'm also doing a computer science minor who uh, wants to pursue uh, physics in a PhD field. But in my spare time, I do astrophotography, and I'm, I really am just a nerd for all things that are space and space-related. Um, understatement <laughs> <laughs> that's true also i'll get, take this time to introduce uh my guest i have with me uh my friend jillian hello <laughs> <laughs> and then also you may faintly hear in the background we do have a live studio audience consisting of one person lupe <laughs> there she is so they're gonna they're gonna help me along on this journey and uh we'll give some <laughs> the colorful commentary along <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> um all right, but back to the groundwork. So um, <laughs> you may also know some of the other things that I do. I host another podcast uh, that you can probably find on almost any platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. It's all over the place. I spent way too much time uh, posting it everywhere. But it's called the Hot Cocoa Chats Podcast. So if you do know that, great. If not, go check it out. There's your, there's the little plug for that one. Um, and that one is very, it's script free. I find a host so far. It's only been one guest or, uh, yeah, not host, but a guest and it's just turn on the mic, talk, whatever, go for an hour and enjoy yourselves. Um, last episode that I did was with a guy named Brad Buell. You may know from, uh, his YouTube Saturday, uh, it's weird spelling, but it was a really funny episode. It was one of my favorites, so you should definitely go check that out. Also, I host a gaming YouTube channel called Zombified, Z-O-M-B-E-F-I-E-D. It's kind of spelled weird, but for those that need the help spelling it. Um, but yeah, so you should go check that out. It also has accompanying social medias across a bunch of platforms, so definitely go check that out. Uh, that's some of the other things that you may know me from, but if not, hopefully you can get more familiar with me instead of just hearing this voice on the end of a microphone and speaker. <laughs> um, all right, that's enough about me. Um, if you want to learn more about me, again, go check out the other things that I do, but this is not about that. This is going to be chill, talking about space and space objects in all of their glory. Um, as for the podcast, so as mentioned, and hopefully you saw by the title, if not, I don't know how you found this, but it's the Skywalk podcast. Um, I will spend each episode talking about a different space object. My plan to start off will be going through each of the Messier objects, uh, which I will explain in a second. I will talk about the history of the objects, the history of who discovered it, descriptions, some cultural adaptations and legends and stories, and other information that I deem necessary, such as like how it applies to today's science and whatnot. Um, every once in a while though, I will take a step back and we will look at the bigger picture of objects and I will pick a constellation and I will, and we'll start talking about that. 
in these special episodes, I'll be joined mo- more so than I am right now with uh, by Jillian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she'll be our resident astrology person. And so... Uh, <laughs> I can't think of a better title. Well, okay, what do you want the title to be? I don't know. That's a red resident astrology person? Uh, like, like, I don't know. Like, expert? There we go. No, expert. I That's... don't want to be an expert because well, people are going to come for me if I get shit wrong. No. <laughs> Well, you're the, now the astrology expert. Oh, God. Um, self-proclaimed. <laughs> self-proclaimed astrology that's expert. Better. That's better. Thank you, You know what? That's, that's the right title. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to talk about anything of what you're going to be doing on those episodes? Um, well, what I've been informed. Um, yes. I guess I'm just going to be adding in, like, some more tidbits, go more in depth, because even though it is a pseudoscience, <laughs> I will try my best to explain like what it is, the basics, if people don't know. And I I, mean, I think it's going to be entertaining. Okay, yeah. And also expect that I, as you could tell by Jillian's voice, I don't believe in astrology and I fully wholeheartedly believe in the pseudoness yeah. of the science. He's going to be just mocking me the entire time. I'm going to be mocking her. She's going to be trying to shove astrology down my throat and, and like it's going to be so much bickering. It's going to be great. But you're going to be you're used to it. You deal with it on a daily basis. I know and you, so do you but yeah. the audience uh, isn't so it's going to be a journey oh for them. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Yeah but it'll be fun. It'll be great. It'll add some nice spice to <laughs> Oh, yes. I already love this. Spicy. (laughs) Lupe, oh, God. (laughs) So expect those episodes. I actually think the second episode that I'm going to do is going to be that one, just so you guys get the concept of how this podcast series is going to go. And along with that, make sure to go follow this podcast on Twitter at SkywalkPod. Um, I'll be posting graphics along with the when I post the episode so that you can understand and get a visual representation of some of the things that I'm going to be talking about because my guests here will all, like I have the photos and so I'll be able to show them and so if I'll try my best to describe things but it, if it would be a lot better if you guys just went and followed on Twitter because then that's also how you can give me feedback on episodes and you know stay in touch all right so I think that's I think that's a good overview of how the podcast is going to run. Um, so now that we have an understanding of that, we will talk about what the Messier objects actually are. Messier, Messier. I think it's French. It's French. So well, you would know more than I would. That's true. So I'm going to say it's Messier, but I can't wait to be absolutely <laughs> right through the coals by the internet. Oh, I hope you're wrong. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so Charles Messier was born uh, June 26, 1730. So he, he's an oldie. Yeah. It's oh, a God. Grandpa. <laughs> Wait, that was... I don't have that, that was knowledge. later, Lupe. That was later. <laughs> What's that? Like that 18... That's not... It's not 1730. It it's 18. like late... It's like 1780, 1790s. Exactly. This was before the United States. Oh, I thought you were oh, saying... Oh, I thought you said the same year. I, I, thought, yeah, I, thought, I thought I heard her say the same year. I was like, girl... <laughs> It's okay. All right, so so Charles Messi, <laughs> not to be confused with when America got their independence, uh, was born in Badonvier, France, uh, to Francois Bigrandlez and oh, Nicolas, Nicolas Messier, um, who was a court usher. There is no job title for Francois, probably because it was the 1700s, and I don't imagine women were able to actually hold significant 
uh, Jobs. Of course. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> um, he was he was actually born the tenth child of what would be twelve children. That's yeah. way too many. I know, but don't worry. Six of them died before they grew up. So. Oh, <laughs> so he would he so he had a fifty percent chance and he won the lottery. So he did survive. He did. So, you know, like round of applause for him. Good job, Charles Messier. <laughs> um, and so at age 11 in 1741, his father died. And uh, which forced him to actually get. Wait, why are you doing all the depressing back history? I, we just need to learn who our man Charles Messier is because that's who I'm going to be talking about for most of these objects. Did his father's death feel something? Actually, it did. Oh. Oh, fuck, I'm answering a question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, his father died when he was 11, which uh, forced him to stop schooling. And it left him kind of up in the air of what would become of him. Because, you know, an 11-year-old with no guidance is kind of rough. That's, You're screwed yeah, at that's that age I've heard and that time. I've heard it's important years for development. Um, <laughs> in, uh, in 1744, however, so three years later... A comet that would be known as one of a few great comets, quote-unquote. Um, will... It's a very creative name. Yeah, I know. You gotta love science sometimes. <laughs> like The simplicity they, of it. Yeah, they either go for like weird abstract names that no one will ever be able to pronounce, or yep. they say, oh, that's great comet. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of the a few great comets in history, and it stood out among those because it actually had six tails. Which, for a frame of reference, most comets have two, which is a dust and a plasma tail. And so this one had six. It was huge, very close to the sun, and could be seen overhead in the sky. And it was... Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Apparently... Okay, so space now brought to you by cults. <laughs> I'll just like... <laughs> It's the sign. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, Charles Messi, actually the head of a cult. Um... <laughs> the OG. Oh, no. Shit. Um... <laughs> so but dark. near the beginning of spring, the comet was actually so bright that the only thing brighter than it in the sky was the sun and the moon. So, you could... Um... Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could actually see it during the daytime and like everything. Like it was like literally like it the was the second sun. It was the third brightest object in the sky. <laughs> we no just Star Wars references. <laughs> we just watched Star Wars before filming this, so that's why. <laughs> um <laughs> the now 14-year-old Charles Messier became intrigued with astronomy and after a solar eclipse uh in 1748 that was able to be viewed in his hometown he was destined to pursue this course of life. And so in 1751, at age 21, he joined the French Navy as a draftsman, which I believe are just kind of like pretty pic like people that draw pretty pictures and graphs and stuff like that. I, I could be wrong, but I believe... Yes. That's very... I mean, he is French, so that works out. Um, I hated that. <laughs> Um, so he was a draftsman for the Navy and began learning how to use astronomical tools and gained obser observational skills. Uh, he would eventually be promoted to chief astronomer of the Marine Observatory in Perry. Um, <laughs> this allowed him to continue his passions. He continued his fascination in comets, eventually getting coined the nickname Comet Ferret. 
by King Her- by uh, King Louis the Fifteen. Because <laughs> you know they always have Why would you nickname name. someone with like a rodent's name? I disagree. Spoken I like don't... a true rat over there. <laughs> Sitting over there. So we now have space rats. Yeah, what? <laughs> Elon Musk, where are you at? Do, do you guys remember that? Uh, it was, I think it was the first dragon <laughs> shuttle that happened that, um, the, like, they had the cameras on the outside and something moved along it and everyone thought, like... It was a rat? It was a rat and saying how, like, tr- like trying to debunk that, it, at, like, the space oh, shuttle actually happened and all that stuff. Space rat. Yeah, it's it literally <laughs> a rat somehow on this So creative. Thing. Yeah, they debunked that saying that given how big the capsule was and the size of the object that went around, if it was a rat, it would have been uh, the size of a six-story building. So, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so, or, or, it was, or like, yeah, either way, oh, bigger than a person. So they said, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe it was actually real and someone went to space. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> so we now have the ca- uh, comet ferret because... I still, I don't like that. Oh, I know. Don't worry. I'll be sure to bring it up later. No. Oh um, <laughs> it's not in the script, but I'm going to put it in the script. <laughs> in, Sounds like you. Yeah, I know. In, uh, in 1758, he noticed a strange cloudy patch in the constellation Taurus while observing a comet and took note of it to help astronomers not mistaken it for a comet and started cataloging these other comet-like, quote, objects to avoid. So basically, he, the, this messy uh, like catalog that he ended up creating was basically, j- at the start, just like, a, yo, astronomers, this ain't it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, and so, I mean, whatever works. So the object he saw is known as NGC 1952, or NGC stands for New General Catalog, basically way to categorize objects. Um, But this would eventually be actually known as Messier 1, or just M1, uh, and more commonly known today as the Crab Nebula. Uh, This will actually be the object we are talking about today, uh, Messi died in 1817, so he lived a pretty decent life. That's almost for like... For that, yeah, for that year? Yeah, Jeez. for like 17, 1800s, and he lived, what, like 70 years old or yeah. something? Like, that's decent. Um, Messi died in 1817, and uh, by then he had created a list of 103 objects, uh, but the Messier catalog would actually be revived in the, revised in the 20th century and be up to a total of 110 Oh. I don't know how somehow they revised it and added seven more objects, but I'm I'm gonna assume like he grouped some objects and they split yeah. it up into two different things. But I I don't know I don't know. <laughs> apparently he, apparently the 20th century said you're better at your job than you know you were. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so that's the backstory that we're gonna need uh, before embarking on this journey through the stars. What was I on when I wrote this? I don't know. That is cringy as hell. No, it's not. It sounds weirdly like Gavin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Thanks. like not normal, Gavin. Like what? Like Gavin on weed? No, like weirdly positive, Gavin. Oh normally yeah. Normally depressed. Yeah, no, sorry. That's, that's fair. No, it's true. So I mean, <laughs> I was te- like, expecting more of an emo phrase from you. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So we em- okay, sorry. When we embark on our journey through the vast dark unknown, is that better? Oh, that sounds good. Okay, okay. It's mysterious. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, everyone at this point has made it like consciously understood what 
we what I've said, like what we've said, because people are still just caught up on the French pronunciation. Oh yeah, shit. no, I I don't <laughs> They're like blame what. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if if you guys have made it through all of that and are still coherent and not in a coma somehow, <laughs> that's I literally have that in the script. I said you are cool and go get yourself a cookie. <laughs> So, Lupe is on the same wavelength as me. Uh, star cookies get bonus points, though. They do. If, if like, if someone's going to get a cookie and they get a star cookie, I mean, it's a when space not, podcast. Like, Oreos for you, though. You love Oreos. Yeah, Oreos. like, for me, Oreos are good, yeah. but, I mean... Lupe gave me an Oreo earlier today. I'm running out. I just... Like she stress eats them. It's kind of iconic. <laughs> okay, but Oreos are great, so, they I mean... Are. It was the thin vanilla ones, though. If I want, oh, when I want double stuffed chocolate... Yeah, exactly. Thin golden Oreos are the... Of Basic. They are just mm, if they could make Oreos in the shape of a well, star, would that would be king. Yes. Well, that'd be way too much work for them to do that. I know, but it would still be great. Be <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Who's gonna deny a cookie though? Like, who's gonna say no? To that's that? that's fair. Why are you like quoting children's literature <laughs> when she's a teacher? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into what what this crab nebula actually is. So, it is not related to SpongeBob, unfortunately. I wish it was. Yes, maybe I can. Maybe I'll do some more research. We'll do a revised episode, and I'll talk about how it relates to SpongeBob. We should just do a memes episode. That you know what? That's a good idea. That is a All good right. idea. Mark it down. The panda man. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, why the fuck did you guys save that to my board? It was iconic, you know. Pinterest is a weird place. I'm just gonna Especially throw that. That sounds so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all shouldn't be in charge of that. Uh oh. Oh my. <laughs> Anyways, the Crab Nebula is a very, very young deep sky object. So much so. That uh, Chinese astronomers in the year uh, 1054 uh, noticed what they called, quote, a guest star. Uh, this guest star was seen in the sky for almost a month and was so bright that someone living in the time would be able to see this bright, quote, star uh, during the daytime. Jeez. That's how bright this was, is that it, during the daytime, you could look up and be like, oh, look, there's a star still. Wait, so like... That's so weird. Yeah, imagine like, imagine you're in this time. You're walking your your kid, like, I don't know, what what they do that back then? Like, do they still do play dates? We're going to say they, they're taking their kid um, to... Um, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, maybe they're <laughs> fetching water with their kid or something. Yes. But like... That, that would, that make, would sense. make sense. Okay, so you're fetching water with your kid, and, and like, it's the... <laughs> It's freaking high noon, and your kid's just like, Mom, Mom, look at the star! And you're like, no, honey, there's no... Why is there a star in the daytime? Like They just simultaneously all die. <laughs> it's like the dinosaur. Oh, that's bright. Oh, shit, we're dying. Boom. <laughs> you should teach class. Yeah, okay. We're going to do an episode where Lupe just talks about history. No, she should just explain, like, scientific shit. Yeah, that's true. With your lay, like the layman terms, you could do it really well. Yes. That would be great. Okay, we so could just if, be in the background correcting her. Yeah, we're we're gonna be the audience. I would love to audience. just correct her. So okay, so Sorry, if you Lupe. guys, if you guys want to see Lupe try to like explain science in plain man's term while the two science, like hard science yeah. majors, just like sit, sit there in and agony, judge. um, <laughs> let like let let me it's know. The Canadian. Oh my. <laughs> 
Anyways. Just bully him? <laughs> Anyways, either way, that would be a, a concerning in the sky. Whether it's a dinosaur seeing a bright object yeah. or someone in actual history in 1054 <laughs> seeing this bright uh, star quote. Uh, what these old astronomers were witnessing was actually barely able to be considered a star anymore. They were witnessing a supernova. For those that don't know what that means, when a star is forming uh, from a stellar nebula which is basically like just a bunch of cloud of space stuff that ends up being compact into a star um it has two paths to fall the first one is uh what uh our sun this or our star the sun sorry um chose which is called an average star once it starts dying out it swells into a red giant in our case the sun is actually going to swell 20 times larger than where earth's orbit is right now so uh that's a big girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. When, so when the sun <laughs> when the sun dies out, she's gonna like engulf where the Earth is. Big charges. <laughs> yeah, Mar Mars is about to get like California beachfront property to the sun. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so that's what happens with that, and then um, and then it goes poof into a a planetary nebula. <laughs> I lost all track of where I was. Um, into a planetary nebula of beautiful colors, uh, leaving behind what is known as a white dwarf. Which is basically just like this little... Wait, we learned about this. Yeah. And then um, the other path... Wait, white dwarf. Dwarf. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a white little star. Yeah, there we go. We're going to... Be respectful. Yeah, we're going to be respectful of our little stars. Yes. So, a white little star. Um, <laughs> the other path is a little more extreme. It begins with what's called a massive star, uh, which then leads into a red <laughs> supergiant uh, when it starts dying out. When the star can't contain itself anymore, it explodes into um, an extraordinarily blinding white blast known as a supernova, leaving behind either a neutron star, which I will talk about more a little bit later, or a black hole. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm sure people know what a black hole is. Either way, not good. And uh, it, yeah, it's quite yeah, it's quite literally <laughs> creepy and just destroys anything. It like engulfs things. Um, but in this case, astronomers were witnessing a supernova explosion that, at the time, was over 65,000 years old. What? They were witnessing something that was older than, like, human history. Ew. It's, it's a weird concept. So, why so old? I will explain that qu question, actually. Yeah, um, so, the Crab Nebula is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm the resident grandfather of the group. You um, are. <laughs> Need your morning time, the bagel. Oh my! It's just everything. Yeah, sorry. Just Continue. roast me harder. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. So the Crab Nebula is known to be exactly six hundred and six thousand five hundred and twenty-three light years away from Earth, meaning that it takes light six thousand five hundred twenty-three years to travel that distance. So if someone if if someone like turned on a flashlight and turned it off, it would take six thousand five hundred twenty three oh years for someone if to they were looking it. at that object to see flicker. Like oh yeah, so that's why what the astronomers were seeing was actually an ancient explosion that happened sixty five hundred years earlier. Um, I hate that. That's yeah, so trippy. It, it, time is a weird time and speed is a weird concept when it comes oh to God. space things, and that's why like this is relatively young because this was only a thousand years ago right which is a weird concept for human life but 
But luckily for us, it's a, since it's a very close object to Earth, uh, 6,500 light years away is not that far in space terms. Um, this supernova left behind a neutron star, so uh, we should have nothing to worry about. I like yeah, yeah, that's you know. good. We what we should worry about <laughs> is the other black hole that uh, when researching this, our closest black hole is only three thousand light years away. So I mean that might be concerning. Lovely. So that's half the distance to the Crab Nebula. Somewhere there's like a small little black hole just floating around doing its thing. But at least there's not a second one, right? Oh my god, there's a second one. <laughs> No. Oh. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to lead into yeah, like no. another intro. Like, I know. hey guys, that, that would have been one. great, but no, we should be fine. Um, I don't like the shape. It's not no, reassuring. It's fine. Uh, after the object grew dim from the daytime sky, it became only visible in the nighttime sky for probably another year or two. Uh, people lost interest, and there is no more record uh, from this event until 1731. So that's like 700 years later. 1738. Very close, but yes. no. Um, when it was recorded by an English uh, amateur astronomer known as John Bevis? Why did you put amateur in there? I don't know. That's just the source I got my information from said he was an amateur. Because <laughs> but he found that's... something, right? Yeah, but... Oh, shut up. <laughs> but literally the next sentence, at this time, uh, nothing beyond this noted happened. Oh. So basically, basically this like amateur noticed, noticed this and was like, Didn't oh, know. hey, that's a thing. And everyone said, eh. <laughs> or or he didn't actually publish it or anything. Um, that is until 1758 when our man, Charles Messier, yes, he's back. The Comet the Ferret. Comet Ferret is back. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> no. Um, he stumbled upon it, like previously talked about, when, um, and then it became known as M1. It actually wasn't until 1844 when astronomer William Parsons observed M1 in Ireland and thought, you know what that looks like? A crab. Creative. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know what he was on. Um, and so from that point onwards, it was known as the Crab Nebula. But again, personally, I don't believe it looks like a crab. But I, I guess I can see the shape-wise. I'll show you guys in a second. Yeah, I was just going to say, I yeah. want to see a reference. Because, I want to judge for myself. <laughs> because that's done with the history. And now we're going to talk, uh, talk about the actual like descriptions and stuff. Um, okay. It tipped... Or yeah. <laughs> Did. Wow. Poopay, can you hand me my water bottle? <laughs> I don't want to get up and destroy the nice setup we got going on here. State of the art. Don't want to ruin anything. Only the best. Thank you. She should be the assistant. I'm so sorry. I don't want to like, never mind. You're more than that. You're more than that. In our lives, you are. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're a live studio audience. I am. I'm so honored. <laughs> Great. By the way, it took everything in me when you're talking about guest star. I wanted to make like a doorman joke so bad, but I didn't. What? Doorman. Oh, doorman. Oh. Yeah. I heard doorman. Excuse me, but. Welcome. <laughs> Bienvenidos. Exactly. Do you sound like weird airport people when you say I will say you have a great voice for this. Yes. I feel like if I were to talk for a long period of time, the walkway is ending. Please watch your step. Oh my god. <laughs> International Airport. Yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. Ew. I don't it, like the airport. Yeah, I don't blame you. The airport's gross. I've been to Stinky way too many. There. Musky. Yeah. Elon, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with a right ascension of uh five hours thirty four minutes 
31.94 seconds and a declination of positive 22 degrees, uh, 0 seconds and 52.2, I, I don't know how to read this last one, feet? I, I don't know. Um, or minutes. It's I like think it goes. Unit? I think it goes the other way. Yeah, because it's like it's degrees, one tick, two tick, but I, it's not inches. You lost or actually, it might be. I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I think it's actually like arc minutes and arc seconds, arc hours type of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's math stuff. Oh, I don't no. know. I, I'm just. Well, you're the one in calc, so. <clears throat> uh, don't remind me. Pre-calc, it was decimal. <laughs> one plus one equals two. I think. Oh God, <laughs> I think. Lupe. Oh God, please stop. Oh no. Um, in a radius of <laughs> in a radius of roughly 5.5 light years, the Crab Nebula can be found uh, just up into the right of the star Zeta uh, Pegasi in Taurus. Pegasi. Pegasi. Okay. Um, is that <laughs> thank really you. what it is? Well, I am thinking of like Pegasus. Yeah, because so that's Pegasi. you just always have mythical creatures on the brain. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. We don't need to. <laughs> What's, what's that. the Harry Potter thing? Whatever your like. Um... Oh, the Patronus. Patronus, it's yeah. It's like the weird yeah. animal that it casts. She, so hers after is a, a Pegasus, apparently. Um, given that the Orion Nebula is standing upright, uh, I'm using Orion as a reference as well as Taurus. What? <laughs> I I'm telling you, I wrote this over the course of two days, and I haven't proofread it, so I'm just like, oh, we're just I going think for you it. Need glasses. Yeah, I really do. Um. I'm I'm also using Orion as a reference because Taurus is really close to it and the nebula is like almost directly above where Orion's head is. And so that's why I'm using it as a frame of reference. So if Orion was standing up, it's like up and to the right of the leftmost star. Um alternatively, if you know what Taurus looks like, the constellation, um uh right above his right horn or uh, so stage right hour left <laughs> however you want, um and in between uh the two horns uh so i'm gonna show you guys uh what this what i'm talking about so like it's there oh okay so like oh sorry <laughs> sorry come on studio audience <laughs> so like that, yeah you are a rat that red dot is where it is so like now you see what i'm trying to get at like oh. those are the horns of orion so, yeah that's that's where it is. Um, uh, hopefully that wasn't too confusing and gave everyone enough information to understand because, I mean, it's it was okay to follow along until seeing the photo. Yeah, but it's not like essential knowing location. Yeah, that's fair. But if not, and you still didn't understand, well, here's another plug to go on Twitter and uh, look <laughs> at the images. <laughs> yeah. Or Google it. So, <laughs> that, I mean, okay, fine. You know what? You guys don't need to go to the, the Twitter. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Who needs a following? I'm sorry. She's uh, such a bad cult. Yeah, Lupa, do you want to take the seat? Welcome, everybody. He's the doorman. But what does M1 actually look like? Uh, well, if you head over to the Skywalk podcast on Twitter... Um, go, sorry, you can yes. look at the very nice image of the Crab Nebula along with other information and graphics, such as our man Charles Messi, which is this ugly oh, that look. Was the dapper that's the dapper gentleman. Is we Charles love Messi. his hair. And so I'll show you guys now. That's what the Crab Nebula looks like. Doesn't even look like a crab. I don't see a crab. Just like a giant I, explosion. Yeah, and so remember that image. I'm, <laughs> very descriptive. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> I try. 
All right, so M1 is a supernova uh, remnant, meaning basically a dust cloud of pretty colors, but it truly is a pretty sight. I mean, I, I it's pretty. I like the colors, yeah. yeah. For reference, I'm using an, uh, the iconic Hubble Space Telescope image, which is what I iconic. just showed them. I'm Okay. You're picking up um, our vocab. Oh, yes. It is a, a circular, but more kind of oblong shaped, uh, which is why people say that it's almost crab shaped. Probably okay, because yeah. the shell is like... Oblong? I like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, Make it easy. why can't it be the egg nebula? Exactly. <laughs> but does that sound attractive or like interesting? No one's gonna look egg nebula. Crab sounds interesting. The red lobster nebula. There's just like a red lobster sign in space. It's just like a promo. It's an advertisement. Yes. I love it. So the central part of the nebula has a baby blue glowing, uh, radi like radiating from it and the kind of streaks of dust that are expanding from the center of where the explosion happened has a green and kind of orangey red color to it and it mixes in some places and kind of has a cool effect uh the best way i could describe these streaks or clouds of dust uh which i'll get your guys opinion is that it reminds me of um if you've seen close-up images of irises oh, of yeah. eyes like um because it's very like the streaky and like almost cavey Looking yeah. like I'm proud you know an anatomy term. It also I know. gives me like oil spill vibes. Oh yeah, actually but, the colors mixing. Yeah, and then the black and the surrounding area. Wow, That's environmental true. disasters, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> you caused it. You're manifesting it. But yeah, so I, I think iris is the best way to explain like the gases yes, around. Yes, it does. Like a pretty blue eye. Yeah. Um. All right. So the crab nebula <laughs> has um an apparent magnitude of eight point four which uh, closely re uh, resembles Saturn's mood Titan, which I'm sh hopefully you've heard heard at least the name Titan before. Yeah, okay. definitely not the, not the moon, though. Yeah, it's it's one of Saturn's like notable moons because obviously it kind of has a ring. It has um, a lot of like objects around it, but Saturn still has moons. Um, so just for that's just for reference of how bright it is in the sky. Uh, to give some background on how this works, uh, we'll narrow it down into a magnitude of negative thirty to positive thirty range. Um, the strange thing is that it's actually backwards. So uh, the sun is actually has a magnitude of negative twenty six point seven, um, and then the limit of the Hubble Space Telescope has a positive twenty seven. Rating. I don't know why it's backwards, but that's how it is. So the Hubble can actually see brighter than what the sun is in like reverse sense, you know? Jeez. It's weird. Um, it's weird. A full moon is negative 12.5 and our naked eye can see positive 6. Binoculars can see positive 10 and Pluto is positive 14. Uh, and so Pluto. Like, this, is, this is the little like visual representation of the chart, which will be on the yeah part of that image. But yeah, so like the sun and all that stuff. You can see all these like random things. Beetlejuice. Um, <laughs> That's probably not what it is. What Beetlejuice? Was it actually? Did yeah, it that's, actually that's how say you that? spell Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like okay, the, wow, prove like me the, wrong. Yeah, the, the, the resident dumbass. <laughs> the the movie Beetlejuice or um that Beetlejuice is in Orion. It's his right shoulder, which uh everyone thought was actually ha like having a supernova right now oh. but it turns out it was actually just like uh the star like secreted like a dust cloud and what blocked it farted. yeah basically it farted and everyone looked at it and said it's getting dimmer it's gonna blow <laughs> but they're like oh wait it already blew 
You know, hey, fart jokes. I can't. (laughs) It's getting nasty. But yeah, but I mean, Beetlejuice is still expected to explode relatively soon. Like within what's the relatively though? Next hundred thousand years. Exactly. So Literally yeah. doesn't mean anything. But it could be tomorrow. In our lifetime. No, it wouldn't. It won't, but it yeah. could. Technically it's in the rate. Okay, everyone, we're gonna like <laughs> honestly though, it wouldn't affect us. It would just be like cool be- when Ju- when Beetlejuice explodes, like I just can't get over the fact that it's in- I'm Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's it is throwing me a little bit. <laughs> Beetlewisey? Beetlewisey, <laughs> Um, but Beetlejuice, like, when it, it goes supernova, like, you'd be able to see it during the daytime and stuff like that. So, that's why, like, I think it, it'd be cool. Hopefully like, it doesn't... Yeah, exactly, right? Um, but anyway, so that's, that's how that works. So, ba- um, basically, this religious. is, this, uh, nebula is bright enough that if you had binocular, like, good quality binoculars, um, Yeah, and, the one and, stalkers use, guys. Do your yeah. research. Exactly. So, get yourself some stalker binoculars. <laughs> And then make sure you're not like downtown LA where you're not going to see anything <laughs> besides just your disappointment. Um, and then you could probably, and you have a steady hand, you could probably actually see this with your naked eye just through binoculars because it's actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, so as that's about the descriptions of it. As for cultural representations, I couldn't find too much probably because like this is actually like a relatively new thing that happened and like it was an explosion and then it became a nebula so like kind of hard for that stuff and i find culture stuff usually focuses on like constellations and like bigger objects um but once again you can find this image on twitter and i will show you guys right now it is this image um oh which is where was that well i will tell you (laughs) um <laughs> glad you asked yeah perfect um, we didn't plan that so there i found it's um ancient art in chaco canyon new mexico if i might i might be pronouncing that wrong i don't know but um either way and She's a linguist apparently <laughs> <laughs> and some speculate that that cave art was actually like a representation of someone witnessing the supernova event back in those times um, so I'm gonna call cave art. I don't know if it's technically because it's not in a cave, but whatever. I'm gonna call it cave art. Ancient um, art. Indigenous art. There we go. Indigenous art. Um, is very simple and made of reddish brown paint on the side and a on a yellow tinged rock. It consists of three symbols: a handprint, a crescent moon that's upside down. So like the, it, like the part that's visible is from is covering the top and the bottom side is hollow. Um, and something that resembles what I think is a sun. Um, these symbols are oriented in what would easily be described as a right triangle formation. So the sun is on the left and then to the right of it is the moon and then up from the moon is the hand. Um, the description I found when I researched this is that apparently they think that the, the explosion is actually what the, I say is the sun. They think that is the is the explosion next to the moon. Oh. And then the handprint is actually just like um a signature. It's oh. it's either a signature from the artist or it's something to basically portray like, hey, this was an important event. So just kinda like to flag it almost. Um but again, my opinion is that I think it looks like the sun, the moon, and the handprint is the weird object that they noticed. That that would be my way of interpreting it, but obviously I don't study ancient civilization cave art and stuff like that. But I mean, I mean to to each their own. But I I think I think that would the hand would work because it would represent like they could see it during the sun and the night. Yeah. So that's that's how I took it. But 
Either way, whatever it is, there's a good chance that this is showing that this culture that was around there actually saw this happen. Uh, going into modern day, though, uh, the Crab Nebula is actually a very notable deep sky object and has been studied intensely, especially over the past hundred years or so. Um, it was the first astronomical object identified that corresponds with the historical supernova explosion. Wow. And in case that was a bit much, because that was a lot of big words quickly, um, basically, it's the first time like we have historical evidence of humans witnessing a supernova explosion. Um, and then like and something that we're actually able to see the results of today. Um I won't go too on about all the science contributions because there's a lot, but so if you guys want me to go in more depth in future episodes, like again, go on Twitter, message me, whatever, like communicate and let me know if you want more, just all the information. Cause I, I can make, I'll make these things. Maybe not. If you guys don't want to sit through that, I'll make these things like two hours long. Oh my God. Yeah. You guys don't have to suffer through that, but yeah. <laughs> um, but for now, I'll, I'll go over to two last points. So the first one is that um, the Crab Nebula was the result of a supernova gone good, which means it left behind a neutron star. Today, we know that these, like we call these super fast spinning and incredibly magnetized objects pulsars. pulsars. Um, these pulsars spin so fast and are so magnetized that they actually, actually rapidly shoot matter as well as antimatter out of um its north and south poles so like it's just throwing matter and non-matter um the crab nebula was one of the first time scientists were able to actually see and study these objects and like witness how it works um finally in 1999 nasa sent out their uh chandra chandra i don't know i think it's chandra or like um, chandra Chandra? Maybe. I'm stupid. No, I, I don't know how to pronounce things. Yeah, I don't know so either. We're just going to go with Chandra. Uh, X-ray Observatory. M1 was one of the first targets that it tested using its X-ray vision that was built onto the like observatory satellite, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it has actually stayed a frequent visitor of uh, Chandra that they study with. Um, so this has been a huge contribution to scientists attempting to understand how supernova happened what pulsars are and what they do, and the life cycle of a star. Uh, the image I posted is the combination of the Hubble Space Telescope in purple, the Chandra in blue and white, and the Spitzer Space Telescope in pink, um, and is a magnificent look at and what like a pulse, and you can actually see the pulsar in the center. So I'll, I'll show you show you guys now this image. Oh. So like that's a mix of x-ray, natural light, all that kind of stuff. And so if you see right here, that's that's the neutron star and you can see where the trails are actually getting Coming shot out. At, like shot out of it. Hat. Yeah, and so so that is in, so creative. <laughs> that is inside of that. That's what x that's the difference oh. of x-ray and visible light. And so that's, yeah, so that's, so many things but it actually I does, it looks understand. like, it looks like the, is it Phantasma, uh, Mickey Mouse hat? Oh! The, like, you know what I'm talking about? The Mickey Mouse magic oh, hat? Oh, yeah. That's what it looks the like. The shape of it? I was trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the other notable thing that happened, that happened because of, uh, this object. Uh, so that has been your guide into the magnificent object that is Messier 1 or the Crab Nebula. Uh, this is one that I've not looked too heavily into before writing the script for this episode, actually. 
Um, and I do astrophotography in my spare time. And I know that after researching all of this and seeing the image, like, and I'm going to be, I'm going to capture this in the future because it looks like a really fun object to, yeah. to look at and stuff. And I want my own version of it, you know? Right. Um, but all in all, I don't think this was a horrible first episode. Like we, it was it pretty was, interesting. Yeah, I learned stuff. Yeah, didn't really understand a lot of it, but I learned. Yeah, and there was a lot of crackhead energy. This yeah, is was. this is what it's we get it's for doing at this. Night. Yeah, it's eleven o'clock at night. Okay, like, this is my prime time. That's fair. It's like, a, like nocturnal. Hours. Yeah, I'm I'm running. Awesome. Or a bat. Or, or a yeah. ferret. No, no more ferret talk. <laughs> We've we've done enough. <laughs> the ferret comes off during sexy time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> um, but again, I want to thank uh, my lovely guests, Lupe and Jillian. You're welcome. We are lovely. Aww. Um. Yeah. Even, <laughs> hey. Hey. No. No. Wait. Someone needs this, to I'm, tell you to stop the hate talk. If you're gonna keep with this hate talk, you're not gonna be allowed to speak, and you're only gonna be allowed to make noises. Oh, well, Don't make her a slave. That's offensive. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seagull. Would you like to share? No, they come in very. Kevin, this late at night. She does do a lot of pterodactyl sounds with me. I did a lot while rewatching the Mustafa. Oh my, more Star Wars. I filmed that. I hated it. <laughs> I can't do it. So stay tuned for future episodes where, well, I don't know, I'm not going to promise, but you may he hear seagulls and pterodactyls. We love it. What? What were you going to say though? No. Um, is So like when we do stuff about constellations, is that just going to be a different thing you're focusing on? Just like how this was? Yeah, so like, I don't know the connection. Yeah, so I'll, ta I'll talk about it now. So since... We did the Crab Nebula, and it's in Taurus. We're going to take a step back for next episode, and okay. we're going to back, we go. back out and look at Taurus. So as that's, a whole. That, yes, as as a constellation. And so I'm going to be talking about, like, the again, like all this kind of stuff. Like, like the facts, History, facts, the statistics, all that kind of right. stuff. And then, but it won't be as long as my, like, the section here. Yeah. And then we'll throw it over to you, and you can talk about, like, the astrology side to it. Because I oh know, boy. like, yeah. and It can get, it can very deep. I love Taurus. Fellow Earth signs. There. He is an icon. But you also have a Taurus moon, so. Oh God. Analyze me. <laughs> yeah, we we might do an episode where we just let I her. I would let love to loose. analyze her birth chart. It'd be iconic. So if again another thing, if you guys want to, if you guys want that to happen, uh, hey, maybe you should go. I, I haven't talked about it much, but maybe they should go to Twitter. And, and follow Skywalk Pod on Twitter. Oh God, you keep I don't just like, keep plugging Gavin. Yeah, I don't. It's great. No. We love like, it. I I just have a like a bucket of plugs, and none of them are working. So I'm just gonna keep throwing them. Twitter, like maybe even the Twitter. That's when people scroll through shit. Yeah, listen. They should. So like, yeah, they should go check out the Twitter. <laughs> I'm not helping right <laughs> no, now. No, you're not. I'm trying it's to just give you support. I'm here. <laughs> But That's anyway, but yeah, so <laughs> go to the Skywalk Pod on yes. Twitter. Mentally. Uh, yeah. Questionable. We're all a bit loopy right now. Loopy. Oh. Ah. I hated that. Yeah, I'm Your dad jokes are way I'm too much I'm getting canceled sometimes. from that already. We haven't even First started. Oh, no, please don't. Please don't, <laughs> don't start that. It. Yeah, don't manifest that. That's a We're bad not fear. 21. You gotta wait. His time is. Oh, okay. That's 
I like that. Odd number, but... Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, um, also make sure to go check out the Hot Cocoa Chats podcast. And after how well this went of just talking, yeah, you guys are being forced to be guests on that one. And so I feel like it's gonna get very R-rated with me. Oh, oh yeah. that podcast, like I when no matter what, I don't even go everything. No, I don't even go to like check it. I just immediately hit explicit when I post it. That's pretty smart. Yeah, then. like that one. Honestly, that have one, like a safe net. Yeah. yeah, no, and that one, I'm like very open that like I really don't care what's said. Like if I'm, I'm the mindset if something's offending someone, don't listen to it anymore. You know, so like, yeah. if if someone doesn't like what I'm saying, then maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Yeah. I'll be very blunt about that. But anyways, so far it hasn't gone to where we should be offending people. But you never know. Maybe it's in the future. So you should. So you should stay tuned for the Hot Cocoa Chats podcast and check that out on wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this one, chances are it's also there. So you know, just a quick little search. Even just going through the author, you should find it. Um, unless I did that wrong and then the author doesn't work, so maybe don't listen to me. Who knows? But also go check out. You're pretty uh, tech savvy though, so yeah. Um, I don't know which one to look at. <laughs> it is very confusing. Yeah, luckily there's only one. Um, it's so so go check Wait, out Zombified on YouTube work. if you need your gaming fix as well. And I mean, there there might be another podcast in the works as well that I'm not going to talk about right now. But scary skeleton. Yes, we're actually going to be reviewing John Tron videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. That's a throwback, huh, oh, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but any- anyways, um, we're going to get out of your hair. Make sure to do all the things. Rate five stars, comment, tweet at me. All that kind of stuff, guys. And Even if they're insults, tweet at him. Yes, oh. honestly, yes. I'll take it. Right now, I'll take it. He needs all the exposure. <laughs> Bad exposure is still exposure. It is. You're starting to sound like James Charles. Calm down. Oh, no. Okay, you know what? Apparently, I'm going to cancel myself. (laughs) You should, though. That's like a good thing to do. Jump ahead. Speaking of when to stop, do you guys have anything else to say before we we wrap this up? I apologize in advance if I offend anybody. (laughs) I apologize for having to hear your voice. Why did you make it (laughs) up? Yeah, okay, so Lupe's the best part of this podcast. We can all agree with well, that. Okay, whoa, so. excuse me. Thank you. Anyways, this has been a <laughs> very long episode. Like <laughs> this has been a very long episode. They're not gonna all be like this. They're gonna be shorter than this. I just had to get through all the that intro stuff at the beginning because right. that's how And that's then how all the, the plugs that took at least oh, 20 yeah. minutes. Max. No, that's not going away. Don't worry. Oh, God. Yeah, like I'm... I'm I mean, yay! I can basically <laughs> monetize myself with how much advertisement I'm giving myself. Mm-hmm. But anyways, guys... How much commission are we getting? Okay, that's a comment for us. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, I need to... I, I didn't even think money. Wow, you greedy bitch. <laughs> Oops, I've just exposed myself. It is, you are a tourist. <clears throat> Our non-profit greedy. podcast. Greedy. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we're going to see you guys all in the ne- next episode. See ya. Bye. Yo.